I'm Harrison. And I'm Amir. And we believe that one of life's most valuable assets is the gift of conversation. In the midst of life, sometimes we forget the true power of a deep, meaningful conversation. So take a breath, come join us, and let's talk about life. Hello, welcome back to the Let's Talk About Life podcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here today and dropping into this conversation. Really appreciate you being here. Uh, my name is Harrison King. And my name is Amir Koro. And we're going to have a little chat about expectations, or we're going to start with um, not having expectations, lack of expectations, or however, however you want to put it, because um, having expectations can cause, you know, can cause problems and we can't control your, our lives. And, and if we have expectations, we'll probably be disappointed. Um, and I think that not having expectations leads you to being more mindful and more present. So that's just been on my mind today. Been trying to be more present and, and mindful, like really, truly, not just saying it. Um, just going for a walk and like fully being there and not having any expectations for my walk. I just go and like, let's see what happens, you know? And I think that that is something that we don't do enough of. So what are your thoughts on expectations? What's that? What what is what comes to mind when you say when I say that? Either not having expectations or having expectations. I mean, mm -hmm. definitely, yeah. Well, it makes me think of two things in particular. On one hand, when I hear the word expectations, the first word that comes to my mind, and this is just based off of my experience as an mm -hmm. Asian kid growing up, but family, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, parental expectations on one hand. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, when it comes to not having expectations, I think of non-attachment of future paths and just navigating, you know, change and uncertainty. And actually, last night I had an epiphany and I was meaning to share this earlier, but last night I had an epiphany. So for, for you listening, um, Basically, I'm at a major crossroads, you know, I'm leaving home in essentially like two and a half weeks and the uh, it, it's overwhelming for sure. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Even just thinking about it now, I was crying mm -hmm. earlier. But anyways, um, you know, I'm at the, I'm at a major life crossroads and kind of what I learned last night was essentially what we're talking about today to not have expectations to relinquish, you know, attachments to outcomes, you know, um, I was thinking about this last night, but basically, in in the context of like my possessions and the things that I own, because I'll be like moving to a different location, I was thinking about, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, what I'm gonna take with me my piano, my gear, you know, like all, all that kind of stuff. And realizing that, oh, I am attached to some of my possessions. Mm. Right? realizing that I can't let these things go. And, you know, it's a pretty common saying that you might hear, you know, but if you can't let go of your possessions, then you don't own them, they own you, mm. right? And so in, in many ways, I think I'm kind of entering a minimalist period in my life. And what I've learned is that like uncertainty, in order to survive uncertainty, uncertainty favors the flexible, at least in my experience, because, you know, if you're like really bolted down and like rooted down, and like settled into something, when the strong winds of change blow, it kind of, you know, it'll rip out those roots, it'll break more. But if you're more light, if you're more free, if you're open to different possibilities and pivoting, then ultimately uncertainty can really carry you far. So in a way, I'm kind of like letting go of my attachment to things, but also letting go of my attachment to outcomes as well, you know, like not having anything to 
you know, I need this to happen or I need to have this work out, but more so just being open and having open hands. Um, it's so much easier said than done and I'm still learning how to do it. But when I think of, but when I think about not having expectations, that's what comes to mind, you know, mm. not needing anything of this decision, not needing anything of the future path, but instead just like welcoming whatever life brings me, you know? Right. And I think it's so much easier said than done, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, but that's how it's manifesting for me. What about you? Yeah. Well, I think the problem comes when you have goals and stuff. Mm. You know, there's kind of this like, <laughs> just things are, are bumping into one another because you're like, I don't want to have expectations, but I want to have a direction and a goal. But that means you have to have some sort of kind of expectation of yourself, you know, to, mm -hmm. to achieve those things. So it's like, I don't think all expectations are bad, right? Like, I don't think it's an inherently a bad thing. It just means that you, yeah, you you want something to happen, or you're you're hoping something will happen, which is fine. But but I think in like it has to be in a certain in in certain context. So I like for myself, you asked like, I have expectations of how things will play out once I start to implement things I'm working towards or goals that I want to, yeah, I want to achieve. So um or just even ways of living or whatever. So like, I will think in my brain about what that's where you do thinking Harrison. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> I think in my, uh, in my belly. Yeah. Hey, you never know. Um, anyway, like, um, when I'm thinking about goals and like the plan, what to do it, like I, I create an expectation of how that's going to play out for myself because that's, I'm, I'm choosing to do like have these, uh, acting in this way, doing these things that's going to cause so blah, blah, blah to happen. And then I'll get closer to my goal, right? Which in itself is like an expectation that that's, it's, that's what's going to happen, right? That's what's going to happen. Now, I think like we all know it's not going to go exactly that way, but um, that's where I think this, this, why I wanted to kind of talk about this, because I think I have, I'm very goal oriented and and more so just like looking forward. Amir's like me too. Mm -hmm. uh, just like looking forward. I think a lot of people are, right? Like, which can cause you to not worry about what's happening right now. And also, you know, if you're always if you're always thinking ahead and like having expectations of how things are gonna go based on what you're working towards moving ahead, then then you're not just able to be present it makes it very hard and because that's something i was trying to like think about today um i realize i realized that like like not having expectations can be kind of like a, a pathway to to clearing your mind and feeling more calm and peace and, and all those different things and and just just mindfulness in general because that in itself is like not having expectation you know what i mean like even if like you go into a meditation you're like, I'm going to sit down and do this. You can have like an intention. I guess that's where kind of the lines get blurred. But like, you can have an intention. But if you go in there with an expectation that this is what's going to happen, like you're, it won't work. I've done that many times where I'm like, I'm going to go in and I'm going to come out feeling super calm. And then I'm not, I'm like more agitated when I'm done, right? Mm -hmm. But but if you like go in, just go like, I'm going to I'm gonna sit down and meditate and just like be and like, we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll come out and be like that. Maybe I'll be more calm. And probably you'll feel way better because you're not, having an expectation of what's going to happen. So um, I think the goal thing is, is a challenge or just like, like looking ahead, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. With, with, in regards to all this, like having expectations and, and 
trying not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. You bring up a good point about like having expectations or rather like standards for yourself. And I know like between the two of us, like we can both easily admit and probably like, you know, you, if you're listening, can probably relate as well. We have too high expectations for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. You know, we expect Big ourselves time. to be perfectly productive. We expect ourselves to be incredibly mindful. We expect ourselves to have everything figured out. Right. But you know, I hope you know, dude. And like, also, once again, you listening, like you don't need to have it all figured out. You don't need to have it all together. We're figuring it out one step at a time. And mm-hmm. as Harrison always says, you know, and I, and I like bringing this back because it's one of my favorite quotes. We're learning to live for the first time. And so honestly, like I've been learning to not expect too much from myself. Mm. It's not easy. It's, yeah, it's not. But like, instead to accept like, oh, what's the best that I can do? And accepting that, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that requires self-awareness and self-forgiveness too, right? And being able to admit, oh, you know, because my sleep has been like this or because I haven't been taking care of myself in this way, this is the best that I can do. This is the best that I've got. But, you know, that that's my best in this moment. But yeah, I, I feel you. I think I am definitely guilty as charged for expecting way too much of myself at a young age. And I don't know if that's taught or if that's just a self-imposed thing. I, I, I'd like to think that it's probably a taught thing, mm. you know. Um, but I think the the hard part about that kind of like having high expectations for yourself is that it works up to an extent, right? It helps you achieve right. things. It helps you get things yes. done. But then, you know, the satisfaction element is harder to attain and harder to achieve, you know. And so I've been learning to balance that. But I, I don't know. What do you think, dude? Like, I, I'm sure you probably, you know, have felt have felt the same way. And I know that, you know, this week, as you were telling me earlier, was like one where you needed to be a little bit gentler on yourself. Expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I the expectation, like the having expectations of yourself is. Is something that I've definitely had like a struggle with, like mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's it's brought me great things like. Like, I mean, this is, this is a great example of this, this podcast. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done, this is, you know, um, we're coming up on, I don't know, somewhere near 50 episodes or something. This actually might be it. I don't know. Um, really? I think this might be it, but I I may be wrong. Uh, because we're recording these in advance in case you haven't figured that out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Anyway, but like where that doesn't really matter were but like something like this wouldn't have happened if I didn't have the expectations of myself you know what I mean or like Mm -hmm. what I think I could achieve because like it pushes you to do things it's good like it is good in a sense but when it's too much all the time then you like it's almost impossible you have to learn how to be kind to yourself like and what that means like like I hear people say that all the time and like I really I still don't really know how that works like I'm trying to figure it out because I know it's important and I want to be like, I, you know, uh, I love myself and I want to be kind to myself, but I don't know how to like, if you spend your whole life just having expectations of how things should go or what you should achieve or do. And then because like we said, like things aren't going to happen that way. And you're just always disappointed and mad and you blame yourself for it. Right. Because who else is living your life? You are. Mm-hmm. Um, then it just, it's like, it's not a good thing. So there's, there's positives of it. I'm not trying to say it's like all bad, but but there's definitely like you have to find that in between maybe or like um have expectations for some things but just not like everything because because it's it's not gonna work like it just 
will not happen that way if you have expectations. So, so I mean, as from as for me, that is kind of it. Like, I, uh, it's always been a problem, and it continues to be. And I'm trying to trying to. I mean, talking about it helps, you know. But mm-hmm. I'm trying to think and figure out how to how to like lower almost lower my expectations mm. like set the bar lower in my brain but then it's hard because if you want yeah. to achieve if you want to achieve things or like do stuff you're like i know i'm capable of this so if i say that i like i'm not going to reach for that then i'm not going to achieve it and therefore i'm you know not good or whatever it is right mm-hmm. so so uh i don't know like i just do not i do not know and i'm curious like if if a lot of people feel this way or is it like certain certain really motivated individuals because everybody's different right like everybody mm-hmm. is just naturally different um and i know people that are like just naturally a little less uh eager and motivated to do things and mm-hmm. they're fine with it and it's like it's not like one's better than the other but when you are thinking that way you know you put those expectations on yourself and it's like i don't know i just don't know <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I feel you this is like I, I feel you. This is something I was talking about with um one of my friends. I think I was talking about this with Jonathan. This was about a year ago. <laughs> yeah, this was about a year ago, and this kind of was the revelation that kind of blew my mind. So I'm gonna say this for like you know myself as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you listening, bro, you as well. <laughs> you know, I think I'm just gonna say this for all of us. But I think striving satisfied. know learning how to strive satisfied and to create things from a place of contentment is such a valuable skill and i say that you know it's a skill we're all trying to learn it but it's you know i think what 2021 taught me personally is that you don't need to be unsatisfied in order to achieve or in order to create something i remember i posted this one thing on an on my instagram page you know look at a tree does it need to be dissatisfied with its current place does it need to have high expectations of itself in order to grow into its fullest nature no it simply grows because that's what it naturally does perhaps mm. look at like you know a flower or even perhaps like i don't know a fox or something is it discontent it does it like hate itself or does it like expect a lot from itself no might it face challenges and have to adapt for sure you know that's how evolution you know works and strengthens itself but at the same time a fox doesn't need to be discontent in order to grow into its fullest potential right challenge though is of course important and so i think when we look at nature and this is something that you know you you mentioned before like when we're operating kind of in our most natural rhythm we find that discontentment only serves to hamper our own peace and our own progress in many ways. And this is something that I'm learning for myself. Once again, I'm affirming this for myself, you know, but we don't need to be discontent in order to achieve great things. If we operate from a place of already being satisfied, from a place of already being content and acceptance of like, oh, hey, you know, this is what I'm capable of right now. Everything else then is an addition on top of that. Hmm. You know, it, it reminds me of... Um, this one biblical quote. And first of all, just to clarify, I'm not like Christian or anything, but I think the essence of the quote is really powerful. Um, the, and if you're, if you ever read the Bible before, you're probably familiar with this as well, but you know, there's the quote, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things shall be added unto you, right? Various interpretations, of course, but all these things shall be added 
unto you. Not all these things shall be added and make you complete. Or mm. all these things shall be at all these things shall be given to you and you will feel complete and whole and satisfied forever. But no, all these things shall be added onto what you already have. Mm-hmm. Right. And in my mind, I interpret like kingdom of heaven to mean like, you know, inner peace or just consciousness or just presence. Right. And that space of no expectations. When we're operating from the space of no expectations, everything is an addition because, you know, yo, we've already won. We're already content with what we have. Everything else is just added on top of that. You know, like whether this podcast gets one view or one million views, you know, it's an addition mm-hmm. on top of what we've already got. Whether my next YouTube video does incredibly well or flops, well, flops, <laughs> you know, that's relatively speaking. Um, whether it gets one view or one million views, it's still an addition onto, mm-hmm. I guess, the the enoughness, you know, of this moment. And I am saying this for myself, just to remind myself just as much as I'm saying it here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what that makes me think of. Mm. You know? That's really good. Like that quote makes makes a lot of sense. You get to interpret however you want, right? But but it's like if you're based this is so funny. I was writing earlier mm. about about something and tell us about that. I was talking about about that. I mean the video will be out by the time this comes out. So mm-hmm. there's a video on on distractions that I'm making at the mm. moment. It will be out by the time you watch uh you see this. So if you want to go watch it. Subscribe um, to Harrison King on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I, and I think that because it hasn't started yet, but I was just writing and I was talking about distractions and like how, um, like basically our entire current world is, is just distractions. And I just defined a distraction for myself as something that takes me away from living naturally, Hmm. which then I, I dove deeper into it. And I was like, well, then that means like my apartment here is a distraction because I'm not living fully in nature and the longer i stay inside the less i'm going to go outside which is distracting me from being outside where i want to be naturally right um and and that's not 100 related to what you're talking about but but it just mm-hmm. made me think that like um yeah like we, we have these dis- distractions and like being content is is like out out there and that kind of maybe all of this is going on in my brain and i was thinking about contentment today so i wanted to say that because I was outside and I was like, this is just so great. That means that like, if this is like our, my base base state for me, if I feel like this is like where I should be, then everything else, like you say, is on top of that. But like, I don't need to have anything more than that. But I feel like I do, you know, when I'm outside, like sitting, I was sitting down by, by the trees and I was just sitting there and it was great. And I was so happy. It's like, I don't need anything more than that, technically, right? Like that's, if that's a base level, like contentment, then anything else after that is just is is a in addition right it's like you're at you know the whatever like zero and you don't Mm -hmm. need to go any more than that but anything that does is just like an extra and i really like the way that that like how that breaks things up because then it's like because we know, I mean, we know that if like you have inner peace and you're happy, right? And, and like, then nothing else matters. Or like if you're other way around, if you're not happy and you are seeking things, you're like, well, when I have blah, blah, blah views or this much money or a family or whatever it is, right? Live in this different house, then I'll be, I'll be happy, which obviously we, we know is not true, but we still do it. You know, we still try to try to seek it. So it's, it's just the same thing you're saying or just the other way around where if you start with 
you just base level being great, then literally nothing else is important. And there's like kind of a, a piece within that, like that's like kind of re relaxing and calming because it makes you feel like you don't have to have expectations of what's going to happen or you don't have to have extra goals or whatever. And this can go for like, you know, this can go for like money and, and just like life in general. Like if you have a, if you're able to have a roof over your head and you can eat and all these things and it's like, and you're you're able to sustain that and you're not really like you're you're kind of just things money's going kind of in and out but it's like it's okay you're not losing but you're not gaining you're just there it's like that if you can find peace in that then it's like then everything else is just makes life so much better um on top of what's already there so i really like the way i really like the way that kind of that that hits me that's interesting thank you and i think you know it's also important just to add of course like we're we're both in a, like a pretty privileged position to be able to say that. Obviously, oh, yes. like of this is contextual, you know. Like if you're really really struggling, you know, then it's a different, you know, it's a different box yes. of chocolates. I don't know. I I just had chocolate earlier, so I'm thinking. <laughs> <of the> chocolates. <laughs> yeah. Um. It also reminds me of this one Naval Ravikant quote, or I'm not sure if he was quoting someone else, but I'm just gonna attribute it to Naval Ravikant. Yeah. Okay. So basically expectation is you know having expectation is essentially a desire right yes. we want the future to turn out to be that way we re, it's a desirable future and expectation right naval ravikant once said desire is a contract that you make with yourself to be unhappy until you get what you want yeah it is <laughs> that's really good yeah i'm gonna say that one more time for y'all yeah, listening yeah yeah <laughs> Desire is a contract that we make with ourselves to be unhappy until we get what we want. Yeah. Right. And, and so are there things that are worth desiring? Are there things that are, I, I think it, I think Naval then goes on to say that like in life, oftentimes our problems stem from having too many desires like oh my coffee's too cold i wish it was warmer or, oh i wish i lived in a bigger house or oh i wish i was more productive this week or oh i wish i did this video better or oh i wish i had more things to say on this podcast kind of thing right but oftentimes the more desires that we have the more we're setting conditions on our happiness but you know when we can simply allow things to be and you know it's ancient buddhist wisdom right the the relinquishment of desire right and of attachment right non-attachment non-desiring right mm. And only choosing a few things to suffer over, for example, like what is worth suffering over? You know, what's your passion, right? The root word of passion is passio, which is, you know, to suffer over. Um, what is worth suffering over? Okay, I want, I desire to have an impact on the world or I desire to help people, right? That to me personally is worth suffering over. Um, as for whether my coffee is too hot or too cold or whether I live in a big house or not is quite frankly not that worth suffering over for me. Mm. Um yeah, what do you think of that? That's what you always come up with these great quotes just out of nowhere. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And you're probably, I know you're like, oh, it's probably not like perfect. I'm like, yeah, it's probably like word for word, like exactly what he said. Like, don't lie to me. Someone's um, going to have to fact check me. <laughs> <laughs> say it one more time. Say it one more time. And then I'll say it. And then I'll tell Desire it. is a contract that we make with ourselves to be unhappy until we get what we want. And when you put it that way, it's like, well, then, like, why would why why would you do that, right? Why would you do that? 
you're like i'm 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 making the decision to be unhappy until blank but that's not how we view it i've never viewed it that way until now and now i'm gonna go rethink my life <laughs> after the podcast um yeah like it that's essentially you you saying like i'm okay or i want to actually i want to it's like if you're desiring something you want it right so if you want that then you're also saying i'm okay and want to be unhappy for until whatever and then there's a condition on it and i've literally i've never never thought about it that way and i can apply that to so many aspects of my life i've been redoing my room Mm. which you probably like since the beginning of this podcast the first couple it episodes has changed so was, much. I it love was it. it was like a green backdrop which is not there anymore actually i just took it off mm. the wall okay. um and i'm like so i'm redoing my i'm saying this because i'm redoing my room i'm just like adding new things but then i keep going like i really like this space but i'm like it'll be better and like i'll be fully fully happy and like calm when i can have this mm. but then when you put it in this context now i'm like well like now I'm just saying I'm going to be unhappy until my room is perfect. And it's like, well, it's never going to be perfect. So I'm just going to be unhappy forever. Right? So, hmm. Man, you got to be thinking. <laughs> you got to be thinking. <laughs> that's really, that's really powerful. Um, I think that we, if you think about it that way, it makes you like not want to desire anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and like, that's like ancient, ancient, like Buddhist fundamental wisdom, you know, yeah. like non-desiring, mm-hmm. right? the Buddha defined enlightenment as the end of all suffering or in some translations, then the end of desire as well. Um, I might be like, once again, fact check me on this. I'm not saying yeah, that I know yeah, this, yeah. but like based off of some things that I've heard as well, some people also interpret it as the, you know, the end of desire as well. And I think it just comes down to accepting the present moment. And I think that's what everything just comes, comes back to, hmm. you know, like your capacities right now, where you're at, your living situation, your work situation, whatever's going on for you right now, you know, finding at least, you know, some point of acceptance, accepting things as if you had chosen them. And I know that's like incredibly hard advice. Why would I accept, you know, being broke as if I had chosen it? But I think like acceptance is the starting point of change. You know, I think once we're able to accept that, okay, this is what it is. We can only like deal with something once we accept that it's in our hands and it's in, and it's our responsibility to, you know, take care of it. Mm. Right. And, and especially with ourselves too, I think you, you've got me thinking as well. Like I want to take better care of myself this week. And I, I've kind of been doing that, but I want to take even better care of myself, especially mentally, just because this is a big transition, as I mm-hmm. mentioned at the start and like kind of uprooting my life and going off into like this, digital nomad minimalist journey like matt diavel and nathaniel drew style (laughs) i don't know it's nerve-wracking but just accepting that discomfort as well you know as a part of growth here's a question for you what do you need most in the season for yourself or like how can i support you or like what what do you need Mm. um i think i mentioned this earlier before and and you just kind of said like like supporting myself being kind to myself and giving myself what i need which is less than what i think it is i think Mm -hmm. and i think that's it and that's those are simple things this is why i think i get frustrated with it because those are simple things like to like to say you know like oh three things great like okay Mm -hmm. easy 
It's like, no, 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 it's not. It's not. They're not simple things. Um, yeah. And like, and, and being like, just being, like you said, being present, being mindful, being in the moment. We always come back to this, like on here and just in general. And I think my challenge with it is that like everybody talks about it. I think we all know it in some way, shape or form. We've experienced it in some way, shape or form, but, um, why that like quote was so impactful to me is like, it's like, you're saying the same thing. Like I know be present, be mindful, you, but you're we're, we're wording it in a different way. That's like actionable, you know, in a different way that will lead to that. And I think figuring out how to, how to be mindful in your life, because it's different in my life and it's different for you. And it's different for uh, you, the, the listener and your family and your friends and like everybody there's certain ways you can get to it, but figuring that out is is like a priority and it's really challenging because like there was a point a little while ago where I thought I, I thought I was doing a really good job of it and now I'm not, but it's like if I do the same things that I was doing back then, it doesn't work. Mm. It doesn't work anymore because I'm a di- like we talked about the other day, I'm different, right? I'm a different person and, and like my circumstances have changed and maybe whatever. So figuring out the actionable steps in your life which are many different steps that leads you to being present and therefore at peace Mm -hmm. is what i i guess need and i'm trying to work towards Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know what that is i'm trying to figure it out you know um and and i just want to say and then i want to hear what you have to say but uh as I've been going through these the podcasts, like editing them and, and whatever and, and, and putting them out, like, first of all, I'm very grateful for this, the opportunity to talk to you, Amir, you're amazing. Right back at you to talk um, to you, Harrison King of podcasts. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> but to share this with, with other people, it's, it feels really special to me that like, mm-hmm. you know, we could, we could very much just have this conversation off the record, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but it feels like special to share these kind of vulnerabilities like out. Sometimes it feels like a therapy session that we're broadcasting know, and that's right? kind of scary, but also like very it feels great, <laughs> but no, but it's also like, it's also really neat. Right. Because mm-hmm. I think we all feel, feel similarly. Uh, I was going to say something and I have no idea what it was, but, uh, but yeah, finding, Being Oh, present. I know I was going to yeah. say that like, I, as I've been going through, I'm like, I want to just remind everybody that like, we're talking about these things because we're trying to figure it out. Like, I'm not talking about these, if it ever comes across, like, I'm trying to tell you what to do. It's not at all. It's like, I'm just sharing what I need to do. As most of this is just like, this is what I'm trying to figure out. And that I'm struggling with. And that's, that's it right now. That's it. It's like, trying to work towards that being present and being mindful. I know all the things that could possibly lead to it, but I can't do it. And, uh, when I figure that out or start to get towards it, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be helpful. What do you think? Like, just like what helps me be present? Well, that and also just the the whole thing about actionable steps mm. towards kind of mindfulness. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So maybe both of those. Well, I think it all just starts with, I think, I think it all just starts with focus and awareness and i think the simplest place to focus is just breath so y'all let's just take a deep breath together Mm. real quick just breathing in and 
breathing out. One more time. I know you're listening. Like, yeah. come on, do it with us. Do it with us. Okay? No, it's so helpful. Breathe in. Breathe in. And breathe out. And I think as simple as that, you know, when we're focusing on the breath, you know, it there is no thought in that. Right. We're simply focusing on the breath and being fully aware of the sensation of breathing. It's not like we're pulled into the future or pulled into the past. Right. I think I heard this one amazing quote. I forget who it's from. Another quote. Amir is pulling up more. Quotes. Yeah, he's going for right. it. <laughs> <laughs> right. But when we're aware on our when we bring our awareness to our breath and to our body, it naturally brings us into the present moment because our body can only exist in the present moment. Yeah, right. It doesn't exist in the future or in the past. It just exists here and now, right? So when we bring our attention to like, oh, where am I sitting right now? Can I feel the chair underneath me? Or, you know, whatever you're doing right now, if you're washing the dishes, driving your car or procrastinating on your homework, right? Um, if you can feel wherever you are right now, I think that, you know, brings you into the now. I think also it's just cessation of thinking, you know, um, Ramana Maharshi, I believe. Was it, was it Maharshi or was it Krishnamurti? I forget. But one of the great, you know, one of the great spiritual teachers said, like, how do you know, how do you measure your progress on the spiritual journey? And I forget who. I, I'm really sorry. I need to brush up on my quotes, y'all. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but I remember he said, the way that you're able to measure your progress on the spiritual path is by the absence of thought. The less you're thinking, the better you're doing, essentially. Mm -hmm. Essentially, mm -hmm. yeah. And I, once again, I'm really sorry that I, I, I can't figure out whether that was Krishnamurti or whether it was Ramana Maharshi who was saying that. But, you know, yeah, the absence of thought, because thought naturally pulls you out of out of the moment when you're here, like kind of bringing your awareness into your body into this moment and not necessarily thinking about what you have to say next. Like, I don't know what I'm going to say next. I'm just kind of like letting it, <laughs> letting it all flow mm -hmm. out of just awareness in this moment. And that, like, I think this is something that I've been referencing, you know, since the start of this podcast, but like, you know, living as if it's a meditation, you know, like yeah. in every single action, like speaking right now, you know, looking at the camera, looking at the screen as well, you know, treating it as a meditation, just being fully here, feeling my chair or every single step while I walk to the kitchen or, you know, a single really conscious sip of some good water, you know. I think that's kind of what helps me stay grounded. And that's what I'm trying to focus on and remember, especially just like as times are changing, as things are moving. I think it's a time of transition for lots of people. You know, I, I like friends are getting married, engaged, moving out. Everyone's graduating, getting a job. It, it's crazy, right? You're going out on a on a trip. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? But I think like bring it back to now and just taking one step at a time, one conscious, one present step and not expecting anything of that step but just allowing it to be as it is and just paying attention and i think that's gonna like tie in really interesting like with your entire um idea on like distraction right we live in a world that's distraction oriented that pulls our focus away from now and i think that's just gonna be really intersect interesting intersection i can't wait to see what you do with that mm. yeah me too <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I've been trying to figure out like, okay, it's been like three, four weeks since I put out a video. What am I talking about? <laughs> That's okay. Just whatever comes, you know, yeah. whatever comes to yeah. mind. No expectations. Exactly. Um, I'm living that. I think I think it's having my my problem with like I I I 
I hear what you're saying and I've tried that, you know, where you're like, try to be with your body and like a breath and whatever. I find it helpful when somebody else tells me because totally. if I'm trying, if I'm trying to do it myself and like, there was a period of time where I was able to like meditate mm -hmm. 10, 15 minutes every day by myself, completely fine. But now it's like not mm -hmm. that way. And I've had to go back to using headspace. Yeah. Which uh, <laughs> I was going to say, that, the Andy sponsor, the, could you imagine? Yeah, um, exactly. Sponsored by. Yeah. Come on, uh, we're, we're, play, we're playing for that. We're putting it out into the world. That yeah, would exactly. be a dream. <laughs> um, it'll happen one day. Sponsored uh -huh. by Headspace. Um, Manifest it. But like uh, I have an expectation that it should work. Hmm. So when I go even like to myself focus on a breath, I'm like, am I doing it right? Like, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing you know, and they can get because I'm like, I expect it to have this result. Hmm. And the times that it works the best is when I just do it. And I, I'm not like almost like when I'm not busy or I just go like, well, you know what? I just need to do this right now. I'm just going to do it. And like, I'm not thinking about almost like when I'm, when I'm busier, you know what I mean? Like, and I don't intentionally sit down to do it. It's like, sometimes it works better because I'm not like I'm sitting down and I have my water or whatever. And I'm going to have like 15, 20 minutes. I'm going to come out feeling refreshed. It's like, I have an expectation <laughs> that it's going to happen this way. Yeah. And then it doesn't. And then I'm mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so like, that's, that's where I have a, like a problem with what you're saying. Like personally, where I have a challenge with it, where mm -hmm. I know those things, I've tried those things, but then it's like, how do you, not have an expectation about how they're going to go because it's like I'm doing it because I want to feel this way. So I expect it's going to work, but for mm -hmm. it to work, I can't expect that it's going to work, but then I wouldn't yeah. do it if I, <laughs> so, right. It's just like a, you know, um, it's that, it's that kind of thing. And, and, and how do I figure, how do you figure that out? I think mm -hmm. it's just like, just like I said, talking about it and being, being aware of it and like, it really is a practice. It really is a practice, but a practice without any expectation, which is not really something that we we do just in general, right? Like if you're going to practice something like an instrument, I'm going in with the expectation of getting better probably, mm -hmm. or like learning how to play this song or whatever. And you could argue that that's the wrong way to practice. But I think just naturally, that's what we want to do. We mm -hmm. practice anything. We want to achieve something, which is what we're talking about. But practicing being mindful, practicing being present requires you to have no expectation for it to fully work, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and totally. uh, yeah, that's not easy. <laughs> yeah, totally. I know it's so counterintuitive. It's it's such a brain mismatch, whatever you know, crazy thing. I think conceptually, I think kind of for myself, like conceptually, like if I think about it as an activity, then I start placing like expectations on it. Like, okay, yeah. this activity or this practice this spiritual practice. I need to get better at it. I need to create progress. But like, um, I think there, there's such a thing as like progress on a horizontal level. Like, oh, am I able to become more mindful? Yeah, possibly. But I think more so like progress in a vertical way in the sense of how deeply can I enter this present moment? And that's not something that like one can expect. It's just simply th something that you do. and mm -hmm. Not do, it's simply something that you be. You know, I think when it comes to meditation for myself, I don't think of it too much as an activity, but I think of it just as being, you know, can I allow myself to be without doing anything? So basically do nothing. But there's still an expectation there, right? Mm -hmm. Like your ex expectation is to do nothing. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, it, it's I, just my brain. That's what yeah, like that's what totally, I go to, and I think that's totally. why I have trouble with it. But I totally know what you mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And I think it goes back to that quote that I still can't figure out where to attribute to. But I think it's you know it's the absence of thinking. It's like, for example, like when you're playing, when we're playing our instrument, you know, like when you're playing piano and you're just like fully into it and you're not thinking about it, right? And like that flow state, right. you know, it just kind of passes through and you're not thinking about doing it. Mm -hmm. You're kind of just like in it and you're doing it and like there's some thoughts perhaps like to do it. But I, it, it's kind of like that same thing. It's like there's there's no thinking to it. It's like a flow state, but it's so hard to find sometimes. Let's just say getting into so it is the problem, right? Like mm -hmm. that's the challenge is that get, is getting into it, I think. Because mm -hmm. um, once you're there, even like meditating, I find it so easy to stay there. Mm -hmm. But like it's getting it's getting into it, right? Mm -hmm. Getting rid of the yeah. thoughts, tossing them away. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think one thing that I personally like struggled with like early on, just like first getting into mindfulness and meditation was like kind of the relationship with thoughts and the relationship with the mind. Mm -hmm. It's like, am I like, trying to push out and throw away my thoughts or am I trying to like reject them or suppress them? But one thing that really helped me was like accepting my thoughts as part of the present moment and simply like watching them like, Oh, okay. Wow. I can't, I can't slow my mind down. I can't find the peace. I can't find the stillness. Okay. That, that's a part of what is right now. Mm. You know, and accepting that and creating acceptance around the non-acceptance. Like right. I remember um, <laughs> three weeks ago, I was screaming in the car. I was on the phone with Andy and I was screaming in the car. I was like, I can't accept the present moment. <laughs> you know, just like other things were like happening in my life. And I was just screaming like, no, this sucks. I, I can't <laughs> accept the present moment. It was like a therapy rant session. And then she was like, what if you were to accept the fact that you can't accept it? I was like, can I accept that I can't accept it? Weirdly enough, yeah. And then doing so creates acceptance, which then like, I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it's weird. It's such a mind melt. Anyways, I don't know if any of this is making sense, y'all. <laughs> you know, it makes sense to me. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I don't know if anybody else, If, if I hope I hope you do. But like, yeah. like fully, like you said, like, we have expect to bring it back to expectations where we started, mm. which, by the way, great topic, Harrison. I want to say thank you to myself because this mm -hmm. is really interesting. Great topic, Harrison. Um, <laughs> Harrison, king of topics. <laughs> <laughs> this is an inside joke that it's not really inside, but that Amir and I have here, and he just calls me Harrison, king of whatever. When I uh, hike a mountain, I'll be Harrison, king of the mountain, and then it'll king be king of complete. the mountain. Um, <laughs> um but. Yeah, you're making me laugh now. I'm forgetting what I'm trying to say. Yeah. No um, expectations. <laughs> yeah, it, it, having like we we have expectations of what like mindfulness is, or what what being present is, or whatever. Because like you have to ask if you don't know anything about it, if you've never been like introduced to this realm of things. Like you have to be told kind of, and then that brings on an expectation of what you think will happen. And it's like doing it. Or, or being, like you're saying, maybe it's not a practice, or maybe it's just being, it's like reversing all of that. So you kind of have to like have expectations so you kind of know what, what you think, like try to explore what you think it is to then come back and not have expectations, which is why it's so weird. And like I'm kind of there 
I'm like mm-hmm. trying to on uh, working my way back from it, but um, to just to just be like when you say, oh, uh, you know, it's like not having not having thoughts or being fully relaxed or whatever. And like you said, even when you're angry like that, it's like that's not how I want to be. So it's not right. Like oh, in my mind, being mindful and present is just like or being like you know it's like being calm and whatever it's like you can be agitated and still be aware that you're being agitated and just be like this is it right now and it's like it's that's it not even is it okay is it bad but that's that's it um and that's really that's a really good point that i'm gonna i'm gonna definitely like sit with that it's like even if you're angry yelling in the car or you're just you're having thoughts you're like this is a part of the present moment it's not trying to change the present moment and even if the present moment itself is you thinking about that you're thinking about what the present moment is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, I feel like we're just this is ridiculous at this point. Um I know, right? If you're if you're like I'm just thinking like if you, for you listening, if you're like not into like mindfulness and meditation, like, like what? Well, they crazy. What is ha- are they on weed or something? Like, well, you probably tuned out by now, but They're hey, nuts. if you're sticking around, we love you. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Um yeah, it's you know it's a weird cycle, but mm-hmm, exactly. I'm um, question for you. Mm-hmm. Question: How did you get into mindfulness? And you know, for someone who's just starting, like how how did you begin your own you know practice or journey of being? Wow, this would be so great if this was sponsored by Headspace because that's yeah, why. I know, right? Same, dude. Same. <laughs> um, in grade twelve, I'll give you a quick quick thing. I read mm. a book. I'd never really thought about anything like philo- philosophical, or whatever. I thought it was like. You had to be super academic and like, I just didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. And it was not what I think it was. And I took a class, philosophy uh, in English in grade 12. The teacher was amazing. And that paired with a book I read called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, like just put me on this path. Um, And it's kind of like a philosophical book, I guess, in a way. It's by Robin Sharma. Uh, Mm. There's a great quote there that I forget and then I will remember and tell you at some point um, from that book. But that just made me interested. And I was like, the, the, the guy, he's a monk who sold his Ferrari. He guys turns into a monk essentially, right? Kind of thing. He's It's on his journey of like spirituality and enlightenment and mindfulness. And I had never tried meditation. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. I don't know what I'm doing. So I got Headspace because it was the app I had mm-hmm. seen before. Um, I didn't pay for it. I did the like 10 day, 10 day ba- basics thing, which uh-huh. by the way, I am doing it again right now. So all of that to say that I am, well, grade 12 would have been, this is like four or five years later. And after all of this journey, I have gone back to it. And so you're never too like good to go back to the basics. Um, and I did that and I remember it was so hard. I did like three minutes was the first one I ever did. It was three minutes. Now you think about it now. If you meditate at all, you're like, okay, like I can close my eyes for three minutes. I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. I did it and I was like, oh my gosh. Like this is the longest three minutes of my entire life. <laughs> Why can't I do this? Uh-huh. And then I was like, the fact that I I couldn't do it made me like want to do it more. Because mm-hmm. I was like, this is ridiculous. It's only three minutes and I couldn't even sit through it. So I did it every day um, for a while. I didn't tell anybody for a while. I, th- I kind of was like, embarrassed maybe like because it Mm. wasn't something that was necessarily talked about at least amongst the people i was around so but i I did it and i could just continue with it it was like off and on for a very long time i got different apps and tried it calm is also a great app 
Mm-hmm. If you've ever tried that one, but I like I like Andy <laughs> on yeah, Headspace. He's just great. Um, uh-huh. Anyway, and and I I just like continued with it, and then and then started kind of uh, that that class on philosophy really helped me, you know, think about things in a different way, and like made me realize that there's like, I guess it was the first experience that kind of put me outside of my current situation or like. Uh, realm of existence and I realized that there's more outside of what I have and I didn't even realize there was more until then and then it made me go like well what what what's out there like what if that makes any sense mm-hmm. and that's kind of how all of this was connected so I just continued to follow that path and I've just been on it for a long time and I do not have it figured out at all like in in one week from today I will have meditated every day for an entire year and and I I'm not good, perfect at it. Sometimes I'm not even good at it. Sometimes I'm terrible, <laughs> but I've done it. And I'm trying. And I think that's what's important. So that's my story. And that's where I am. And if you haven't tried it and you're like curious, I highly recommend Headspace um, because it's just, they lay it out so well that if you have no idea what you're doing, you'll start to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that being said, Headspace, please sponsor us. Yeah, please. Thank if you. anybody knows anybody at Headspace, please. Like, like, <laughs> Headspace are calm, please. We're, we're yeah. ready. Yeah. Um, That's yeah. so funny. How about you? How about you? Yeah, same same kind of thing. Headspace is where it started. Andy Puddingcomb. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his voice, those illustrations, the 10-day challenge. Oh, memories. I remember I did that back in like, was it grade 11 or so? Like, latter half of grade 11. I was... I was really, I don't know how this all started, but I think this just went hand in hand with like my interest in self-development. Oh, wait, no, this is exactly how it started. Let me tell you. Take a seat. <laughs> Let me tell you all how my personal development journey started. Basically in grade 10, I think, yeah, grade 10, I went through a breakup. My grade 10 heart was broken, devastated. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to get Jack. I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to be good. I'm going to learn how to talk to girls. So The proper way like, to deal yeah. with a breakup, by the way, yeah. might I add. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, <laughs> so then like throughout that year, I was basically like, do you know Charisma on Command? Like I've heard channel? of it. Yes, I've okay, heard gotcha. of it. Gotcha. Basically, I was just watching all their videos on how to like talk to girls and like all their videos on how to just be more confident nice. and stuff. <laughs> and eventually like that led to like, Oh, Hey, let me read the seven habits of highly effective teens, which then led to, Oh, Hey, these people are talking about mindfulness and meditation. Let me try it out. So then I tried out headspace, did the 10 day challenge. Yeah. It was so difficult at first. I was like, Oh my gosh, I cannot do this. I cannot sit still for even three minutes. What is happening? Um, but then I incorporated it into my morning routine, but because I was like a broke, like, 11th grader i didn't want to pay for it so i just kept on doing the 10-day challenge over and oh, over yeah. and over, oh, yeah. and over again Me too. <laughs> yeah to the point where i memorized what he said so then it didn't even help anymore oh my um, gosh but <laughs> yeah so i basically i you know i just kept on meditating on my own volition just going on youtube looking up other guided meditations as well but i think the thing that kind of solidified it and changed things the most was a series of, hmm, I want to say, you know, let me just list out a whole bunch of books in sequence. I think this is probably four, four or five books, four or five books that I, I'd say really solidified kind of like the spiritual mindfulness practice and journey. First book, and this is my favorite book of all time that I always recommend, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. 
changed my life. I'm literally going to get a tattoo that says now on my arm. Changed my life. Most profound book I've ever read. Number two, A New Earth, also by Eckhart Tolle. That one also, you know, craziness. Third one, Wherever You Go, There You Are by John Kabat-Zinn. Kabat-Zinn, yeah. Yeah, book number three, Wherever You Go, There You Are by John Kabat-Zinn. Book number four, The Tao Te Ching. It's beautiful. There's yeah. this one video on YouTube. Um, it's Wayne Dyer reading the Tao Te Ching. And it is, I ew, I don't know how to describe it. It just does things to my spirit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it feels good. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> I, oh I sound my God. crazy. Right I'm gonna now. steal. That's going on Instagram, by the way. Yeah, that oh God. clip. <laughs> I'm putting this up. <laughs> oh God, I'm so embarrassed. That's so funny. And then book number five, "Stillness Speaks" once again by Eckhart Tolle. That one just like is the icing on top that really just mm. helps solidify everything. But if I were to sum it up to one book, it's "The Power of Now." Mm. Like that one changed my life, bro. Oh. I was listening to Kendrick's album. I'm not sure if you're like into Kendrick Lamar like that, but I was listening to Kendrick's album. And first of all, such a good album, such a tangent, by the way, such a good album. He's, he samples like Eckhart Tolle in the album. And it's kind of like his own like spiritual journey and realization of like meeting with him and talking and going through a spiritual awakening and then like healing his past trauma and everything. So when I heard the Eckhart samples, I was like, and when I heard Kendrick rapping about going into nature and being in the now, I was like, Wow. Anyways, tangent. I haven't but, listened to it yet, and I want to sit down and listen gotcha. to it. So it's I'm good. Ready. I'm ready. It's good. Such a tangent. If you're into Kendrick Lamar, I I, I do love it. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Well, anyway, so that's my journey. Uh, the Tao Te Ching does things to my spirit. Um, <laughs> that's embarrassing. That's going to be on Instagram no, for the rest. No, it's of the perfect. World it's wonderful. I'm glad that you're you're you just that's you so said that. Um. Yeah, anyway, I don't know if any of that helps you. I hope that helps you, listener, dear listener. Um, I wish I had, like, I knew your name and I could just talk right to you. Um, but uh, that's expectations. That's where we're at. You can, well, we don't know your name now, but you can always connect with us on Instagram. And let's talk about life pod. We would love to meet you. Yeah, 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 please. Let's talk about life pod. Connect with, us, connect with us on Instagram, on YouTube. We'd love to get to know you. Amir, what's your what's your Instagram? What's your YouTube? My Instagram hmm? is Amir Koro, A M E E R C O R R O, and you can find me anywhere. You get the internet. What about you, Harrison? Uh, Harrison King official, um, everywhere: Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. If you want to watch that video, I'll put it in the description. Uh, if I remember to do that, sometimes I say that and then I forget. So I'm sorry if I forgot and you go down there and it's not there. I apologize. But you can find me on YouTube at Harrison King official. Um, and that's it. Thank you very much for joining us. It's a little bit of a longer episode, but I appreciate you being here and joining us um, in this space, being present and not expecting anything. So <laughs> have a great rest of the day and we'll see you next week. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support the show, make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Visit us on Instagram and TikTok at Let's Talk About Life Pod. And for more information, head on over to HarrisonKingOfficial.com forward slash podcast now it's time for you to get out there and have a deep meaningful conversation in your own life